Welcome to Iona, a podcast delving into mystery and feminine systems, ancient, modern, and conceptual. I'm Allie Kessler of Cosmo Muse, astrologist and muse of seasonal rhythm. I'm Anne-Marie Vivienne, and I am the founder of Wisdom Anthologies. I am a philosopher, documentarian, and a poet, and I research naturalist systems and So our new project, Iona, has was kind of born um, between Ali and I's connection. First, we worked together uh, through Cosmo Muse, which was Ali's baby and still is. And um, Ali reached out to me as she was very familiar with heavenly and celestial systems. And I, being the pagan that I am, more familiar with uh, physics and biology and a natural, um, a natural grounded world I guess so that was our heaven and earth meeting yeah. and we really influenced each other um, yeah I read Anne's chart first and then I asked her to write an article and then it was like I'm like this girl gets everything that's, that I am passionate about like she's got to be part of this so she came on board Cosmo Muse but that was so weighted into you know my perspective we needed this new foundation to give our voices more like equal way of merging. <laughs> right. And I quickly recognized that Ali had an ability to illuminate a lot of ideas that were already inside of me and helping me to expand them and bring new layers. And so the conversations that we've had over the past few years have been the best part of that partnership. And I think now we're both understanding how we can continue to illuminate new ideas and new ways of approaching basically everything. (laughs) (laughs) So Iona was born, and the name Iona, really quick, so there's the Isle of Iona in Scotland um, that has a lot of... um, it's, a, it's got a, like the thinnest veil, apparently, to yeah. something else. <laughs> it's, a, it's a sacred pilgrimage place where there's a lot of myth and history and lore, especially around um, ideas of the feminine, and it's been on my radar for a while, and that name has been sitting with me for a while. So we scooped it up, added an A to the end of it, so we have Allie and Anne-Marie, <laughs> there you have it um, and I'm sure there's more well there is more to it uh, we won't go there yet yeah but we won't get real weird yet <laughs> but in a minute we will so diving into this episode we decided we love drawing cards that's just something we're just obsessed we always do and they always feel so accurate at sort of that 
what's within is without as well. It's just like, to me, I feel like we're in a computer program. And <laughs> so when I pull cards, it's just revealing something that uh, kind of distilling some things down for me that I need to focus on and that my soul is sort of trying to focus on. So anyway, we drew cards for this episode, this podcast, um, and we thought we'd read them because they felt so right on for this first episode. So I drew, and this is from the be- the deck, it's called uh, the knowing, the knowing, and it's created by Seal Grove, who's in British Columbia. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful deck, yeah. So, and it pairs things in the natural world with herbs, or not every one of them. Was so there's there's yeah there's animals, plants, and she pairs them in really beautiful ways. There's also um, a section of embodiment where she, you know, relates things to parts of the body and those systems that work within that. So that's, it's a really diverse deck and I love it for that reason. Yeah, it's really cool. I need to get one. So I drew bones. <laughs> um, so I'll read this. These are a pretty brief description, so um, we'll read them. So bones, it says, our bones are the supportive structure of our entire being, and as such, hold within them our most core beliefs about ourselves and our place in the world. We may undervalue ourselves and create weakness in our bones, in our core concept of self, or we may live from a place of confidence and faith in our capacity, and our bones will be strong, flexible, yes, bones flex, and painless. If your bones are calling for attention, it is a request that you attend to your self-concept and acknowledge where you are undermining your best interests and or as an individual by judging or not appreciating yourself. The pain we may feel in our bones is meant to stop us, to request attention to the core of our identity and relationship with self and to offer the opportunity for conscious reformation. Uh, and then it has sort of a question you ask yourself, am I a good friend to myself? And this one really hit me because we're doing, we're recording this on a full moon and it's in Sagittarius, which is my rising sign. And I even felt this yesterday, whenever like the moon is going over your sign, like whether it's your sun or your rising sign, um, this is astrological speak, you tend to feel really vulnerable. And yesterday, like out of nowhere, there was nothing to feel moody and emotional and vulnerable about. But I like, I was at the grocery store and I almost had like a nervous breakdown or a panic attack and which is just not me. I'm very like calm and centered and, um, yeah, so I looked at the charts and I'm like, oh yeah, the moon is on me and it's going to be a full moon. So I'm feeling that like deep vulnerability right now. So I think just bringing that to my bones, like owning it, like I can be strong and confident and vulnerable at the same time. So that's sort of like where I'm coming from right now, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that. Here's, um, and I drew... Uh, turtle and ivy. So they're paired together. Um, so I'll read that. Prioritize grounding and containment. Go slow. In a world consumed by speed and efficiency, the teachings of Turtle often fall on deaf ears, and his energies are seen as those of an old man no longer relevant in modern times. 
He appears plodding and careful to remind us of the necessity of both slowing down and of finding grounding before we move into action, something that contemporary culture, which often functions more like move first, contemplate later, doesn't often emphasize. Turtle also teaches us the importance of being contained, as he is in his heavy but protective and safe shell, and deeply aware of ourselves to be contained in our processes to know both where and who we are now, as well as where and who we intend to be. To truly know oneself, however, takes time, patience, and presence, something that we can call upon Grandfather Turtle to remind us of. Ivy, too, teaches the lessons of knowing oneself, and of tenacity and sticking with things with patience. Ivy has historically been used to symbolize the binding of husband and wife, of friends, or to offer protection. While he grows fast and turtle moves slowly, both teach about consistency, dedication, and will. And the question this card asks, am I moving too quickly or without clarity? <laughs> Well, this is resonating with me because my whole life I have bought into the messages from all the different cultures influencing me, um, you know, to take action and to, to move quickly. And I've always had a bit of anxiety around things just aren't happening fast enough or on my timeline. And I feel like everything in my life right now is demanding that I slow down, um, or I risk losing it. And so it's been, um, and this is part of that, is opening up um, a new project that has absolutely no deadlines, no action items, <laughs> no anything. And that's been something that very quickly I started to learn from Allie and her approach of letting things grow organically and to really settle into myself. I think I've been in the pursuit of so many things that I, I didn't take time to understand myself. And so this card feels really relevant as, um, yeah, again, just like Ali being vulnerable and exposing, uh, the things that matter most to my heart and doing so in a slow, dedicated and devoted way. So this feels risky to me, but also really exciting. Hence the topic of this first podcast, which is chaos. <laughs> so, I don't remember how we even came up with this. I don't even know, but it feels, I think because we just wanted to not have like a structure yeah. um, to just go into this sort of in a feminine way, not as um, clear and concise and boxed and categorized as like a masculine way or the patriarchy way. So just letting it sort of organically unfold how it should. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's going to be a detriment, but it's what we're exploring. So I don't think so. But um, it's a system, I mean, chaos in general, um, not to go too far into this, but... Um, in my astrology chart, I just have mass amounts of um, chaos recognition in there, and that's how I function. I'm very organic, and I don't love planning too far ahead. I can put some sort of like bullet-pointed things, but if I get 
too rigid and too structured, everything that I care about falls apart. Anytime I try to plan things, anytime I try to like really create deep structures and alignments and responsibility, I don't know, like all of these things, like it's just not me and it doesn't work. So I'm just leaning into this organic way of being and trying to embrace it and navigate that. <laughs> yeah, and I think too, part of this came from us both just talking about we're both experiencing a lot of transitions in our life and it's that unknown place of, yeah. and there's this tendency to want to know what the outcomes are and, and what should I do to make sure that I land in a safe and secure place, which we all know is not <laughs> very helpful and nor realistic. And so I think it this topic came out of just even personal experience and what our lives are looking like and what is being handed to us right now. There's a, um, a line from one of my favorite poems from W.S. Merwin called The Gift, and the very first line is, I must trust what has been given to me if I am to trust mm -hmm. anything at all. And it, this has all just got me thinking, you know, and I, as my mind does, it bounces around and, and makes all of these seemingly random connections at first, and then as I dive deeper, I see how it's all connected. But for me, this was also this topic of chaos came from a place of me remembering how much I love a storm mm -hmm. and being in a storm and and trying to just also realize that doesn't mean I love being in the midst of drama. Mm -hmm. I don't love being busy. So what is chaos? What is the storm? It just made me ask all of these questions, which has led to this conversation between Allie and I. Um, Which is the heart of our conversations, is like asking questions. So that lead to we're, more questions. We're not, we're, not, we're not going to give you answers. That's what you're here for. A lot of questions. <laughs> so welcome to our cyclical... And some philosophizing around those questions, which may or may not be accurate, but, uh, you know. Right, and I think Allie and I are quick to say, you know, we by no means want to uh, position ourselves as... Um, experts in the details where we are really good at asking questions and discussing it so um, if we at any time any of you scientists or other astrologists or historians or naturalists hear something that we say that is wrong we're happy to listen to it and we will correct ourselves we're just here having fun uh, in the yes. questions questions <laughs> so like from my currently you know something I can bring into the conversations with astrology is like the net like what's happening in the stars now and chaos is in the stars right now which is in such a synchronistically beautiful way because we're talking about feminine systems and the feminine and we're about to go into cancer season we're going to release this at uh, the first day of cancer season, which is summer solstice. And um, as an astrologer, I do have some of my own techniques. And one of them is really aligning um, the signs or the solar seasons of the zodiac and throughout the year um, with the metonic cycle of the moon. So the moon has this like 19 year cycle with it. It has like an orbital tilt in that um, 
gets back to a same place every 19 years. And to me, that's pushing the signs through phases. And right now, cancer is in the last of 12 phases, which is the chaos place. <laughs> so it's like feminine in <laughs> chaos. And can you not like feel that in the air right now in general? Like we are introducing, like the feminine is reawakening. It's remembering. I mean, I think we can all relate to that. And anytime you reintegrate or whether it's a remembered system or something new, chaos ensues. And that just it just feels resonant right now like the feminine and chaos like the feminine is reawakening and it's putting everything into chaos which is to me awesome it does and it feels like this what feels at least personally chaotic to me about it is it's this coming back to a feminine but also right with that new layer of new knowledge like mm -hmm. so taking old systems and adding to it a more expansive view and how do you do that in a way that keeps the integrity of the feminine and so it's just this you know for me personally it's revisiting um, and what what feels it's like as I'm doing it it's it's resisting um, my human tendency to want to define it mm. and so making sure that as I'm <coughs> playing with chaos and asking the questions. Um, you know, I think we've been for so long, language has become this thing that limits us and I want to keep, so, so essentially I want to keep it, you know, where I go with these ideas to keep it um, undefined the chaos and that's to me as I you know read about chaos and it's not necessarily what has traditionally been defined as disorder mm. it's not that necessarily but what to me chaos is is possibility yeah that's how I see it too so it's it's you know the you know, the law of entropy and thermodynamics you know everything's moving towards entropy and disorder that doesn't necessarily mean a messiness, but it just means that within a system there are more possibilities. So, mm -hmm. and if you want to think of it as you age, and we talk a lot about things breaking down as you age, and it's not necessarily about it breaking down, it's just now all of a sudden this one life that you've lived has gathered so many relationships, so many experiences, so many, um, bits of knowledge that now you have this bigger, you become a bigger system. It's a more spacious, you become more spacious the older you are, which leads to entropy. Right, which means more possibilities in the transition into another, yet another possibility. And yeah. so it's this shifting in my own mind of chaos being this thing of um, breaking down and failure into breaking open. Mm -hmm. and possibility and that's totally how I see it in astrology like not to try and give it a container but <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna, we, we live in the paradox of we the live in the paradox so here we go uh no but like in astrology chaos um one person this is just one perspective in astrology there's different ways you can see chaos in astrology but um one perspective is uh you know if you go around the zodiac the baby sign Aries has like the most 
potent, clear energy. It's coming from source and it's like this deep oneness and this deep, almost like psychicness. And you go around all the 12 signs and when you get to the last one, Pisces, the boundaries get bigger and bigger and bigger. And at Pisces, you have this spaciousness, you have enigmatic quality, you have ethereal things, but it's also where um, shadow lives. It's sort of like right behind the birth point. So it's like the death right behind a birth. Um, so it's where things are literally breaking down, where there is um, possibility in the age, but for what's to come in the new life, not for what's to come necessarily next in this lifetime. Um, or you could see it as a site, you know, you have cycles of life, you know, where you go through stages like the one through 12 of the signs and at the 12th stage it's always something is breaking down and it's sort of like where the closet lives where you open the closet and you've swept up all the stuff you haven't wanted to deal with so <laughs> so there's sort of an ecology of things going on astrologically speaking around this chaos place it's where you sweep all the things you don't want to deal with it's where you have your biggest boundaries. It's where um, you are connected to a more... Because of those big boundaries, they're sort of thinned as well. So you're in those thin places. And it's also where inspiration and art live. So it's sort of about distilling meaning and symbolism rather than being able to like tell a full story or give something really concrete or categorized. Um, but to even go further into this, if you were to back up a few um, progressions or signs, so like at Capricorn, where you have the deepest structure and your deepest responsibility and like reached your summit of whether it's your life or a cycle in your life, and it's sort of like the executive phase, at that point, things start breaking down, and so then you move into the 11th phase, and it's sort of like you create this new seed at Capricorn too, with that pressure you're holding. So you're already starting to think about like a next cycle or a next life, whatever you want to label that. And then the seed goes under underground, and then at um, the 11th phase, which could also be related to Aquarius, it's sort of breaking open, and you're rebelling and you're experimenting and you're saying uh, that structure that construct is no longer supporting the growth I have or what I envision for the future or you know it's where you start questioning and breaking out of things and that's sort of the seed breaking open and then when it's sort of broken open before you reach that rebirth of pushing through the soil you're in absolute like darkness and chaos and it's really hard to trust but that's where you have to let go of those remnants of the seed of the baggage so there's exhaustion there and there's just like it's so potent that exhaustion to me is like the sign that something amazing is coming so I always get like weirdly yeah. excited by exhaustion <laughs> because I know that I'm right at the cusp of being able to let go of something that I don't even know I need to let go of <laughs> Well, and it does. It feels like collectively, for sure, I can feel and see that is this, you know, we're exhausted collectively. And especially, not just as women, but I think, you know, with men too, in their feminine, their feminine energies. Like, we're all exhausted of just how things work. And also, simultaneously, 
exhausted and overwhelmed with the possibilities and which is contributing to that sense of chaos Mm -hmm. there because so much is breaking down we're to that place where everything feels possible and it's which road do you take is it this one is it that one and I think you know what's causing that exhaustion is we're still approaching it with this wanting to grasp it like a the old ways of like there's a plan and there's a step-by-step equation that's going to lead us yeah you know to this place of security and happiness and connection and yet we all sense that oh there isn't an equation and maybe we're at this moment where you know this threshold where we're part of that planting the seed and the creating the new ways and none of us feel like we have the right to do that Mm-hmm. you know all of a sudden we're being asked to step forward and claim who we are and what we're here to do and everyone feels this I, well at least in my circles I, I feel like everyone's getting a sense of like I have something to contribute I have a calling here and yet no one knows how to step into that and own it and, and be a creator rather than well I think because it um isn't you know and this is an astrology podcast I'm not going to go deep into this but um okay this is just funny like I just have to say like this is the first time I've recorded a podcast with someone and I'm like looking at my microphone talking instead of Anne I know we don't know if we should look at each other or look at the ground (laughs) anyway little segment there um no but like when you have that feeling that deep calling of something you want to contribute or you feel like you need to step into you're disrupting something you know it's scary to step in there or it's exciting but either way it's breaking something or it's disrupting the flow which is the start of chaos so you're essentially embracing like ushering in chaos by that and that's a scary step to take you know it's like right it is scary and yet I feel a lot of us just feel like well what's you know what else are we going to do like we yeah. can't go back to the yeah. old way we just can't yeah. and so we're being pushed like whether you like it or not yeah. you're stepping into the chaos <laughs> you'll figure it out just one step in front of the other and we're fine which I feel like is one of you know a feminine way of being is that um kind of a pithy Uh, I heard a little definition of wisdom once that was wisdom is doing what works until it doesn't. Yeah. You know, and so I think, you know, for me, wisdom, capital W, is a feminine way of knowing. Ooh, I like that. Um, That it is fluid. It is, you know, you approach a situation or a person in that moment. Mm -hmm. And with the instrument of your body, of sensing it, of sensing, you know, the person or the situation. How does it feel in my body? How does it taste? How does it smell? How does it hear? And I hear a lot of people talking about, you know, trying to access these, you know, multi-sensory places of being. And yet I feel like we're not even good at the five senses yet and really mm-hmm. using this instrument that is our body. See, and to me that's totally the feminine. Like, I yeah. think the feminine intelligence is body intelligence yes not so i mean everyone just to clarify i think everyone has masculine and feminine like i'm not saying that women don't have 
intellectual capability, but I just think the feminine intelligence that lives in every human right. is the body intelligence. Right, and, and I you think... just don't... I mean, it's waking up, but it's just so far removed from um, the constructs that are really still deeply in place. It is just waking up, and, and I think that... <laughs> I mean, I personally love mornings. I, I know I'm a rare bird in that, and I know most people waking up is not their favorite thing. Yeah. But for me, it, it is that exciting moment, that Pisces time of day right before sunrise. sunrise. So that is my personally my favorite time of day. And I think um, back to this idea of embodiment mm-hmm. and that being the feminine way of knowing, I you know, I can, I can feel, I can act, literally feel the struggle within myself between mind and heart. Yeah. And my whole life, for the most part, have lived in my head. And it's back to what you're saying, of like, you know, things just have kind of fallen apart anyway. <laughs> and so it's not like living an intellectual or a, a logical life. Yeah. Um, has any more benefits so in a way I feel like we're all just tired of this we've been given these equations that don't work at the end of the day works for some and maybe it worked for another generation and the wisdom it's overly solidified now it's breaking down right it's become rigid (laughs) it's become rigid and brittle and And it's breaking and so now we're at we're at that moment of threshold and yeah, but I, you know, like I, I thrive in chaos, and so I hate, like I hate saying this because I know a lot of people feel unsure, and the world is really scary right now. But I look at it, and I'm like, this exhaustion is so beautiful. <laughs> like there's so much. I don't know if it's going to come in my lifetime, but this, like, I understand processes. I understand we have to go through this time of uncertainty and scariness to. That's so interesting. And I'm just like, yes, bring it on. <laughs> Well, that's probably why you and I are friends. You yeah. probably are friends in real life. And it's, it's interesting that you're saying that because I have, back to my turtle card, have really tried to contain my life right now because I know for more, most people it would look and feel really chaotic in a negative way. Mm. And I'm like, I know it's chaotic, so I can only let people in to the details of my life who can handle chaos because I can't give anyone any of the traditional answers about anything in my life right now yeah like nothing looks normal and I would say just my astrology voice some people's charts support being able to thrive and understand and work in chaos and some don't so this is different for everybody and for Anne and I in particular our charts kind of support it So, so, so you can look to us for guidance about how to navigate chaos. Um, if you want to come to Ali and my parties, there'll be a lot of chaos. Um, <laughs> it's true. I think there. But I do. Has, I do have like a lot of empathy for people who probably don't have either twelfth mm. house or Pisces or certain other things in their chart. Like it's probably a very scary time for a lot of people. Mm. So I acknowledge that and have empathy for it. I just particularly have a relationship to chaos where I'm looking at the world and excited. Right. 
And, and I, I think for me, what this is, where it is stretching me. Yeah. Like, I want to say, yes, I, I understand and I do get excited by, you know, the growth I'm experiencing through this. And yet, at the same time, it there are growing pains. Oh, yeah. And, um... Total uncertainty. The, you have to live in that. Right. And I, and I think that, um... I don't know what it is. Allie knows my chart better than I do. <laughs> um, but just that kind of... I finally hit a point of just wanting to lean into it and to embrace it. And and and, uh, and really what has been saving me through all of this is my remembering and reminding myself how much I love to be in a literal storm. And like I'm the one who when I see the clouds coming, I go towards them and I want to mm, see and feel the wind and the cold and the wet and you know I'm the person who wants to live in a stormy climate I don't want to live where it's sunny all the time which I know some people do and so it it is that um I yes I love it and oh my gosh like it's painful (laughs) and it takes a lot of trust it takes so much trust. It takes being able to embrace exhaustion, mm-hmm. embrace things that feel incredibly unfair. Yeah. Um, on a global scale, if you want to go there, I'm, you know, what I've been saying is a little bit more on like my, around my personal bubble in life, but you look on a global scale and chaos is devastating. Like people are ripped from lands they've been on for thousands of years. Wars are, I mean, it is absolute chaos in that that's heartbreaking to watch, but um, it takes being in a very detached place to sit in chaos too. Like you have to be incredibly detached and like, you know, I don't want to get myself in trouble here because, you know, and I try to participate and donate in things where people need help and awful things are happening, but it's just a sign also to me that the world in general is going through a time of breaking down for something different to birth and it's right if we're going to recreate a new identity globally i mean it it creates awful things honestly like on a global scale for sure right and in the personal life it can too like i haven't i'm coming from a place where i have not had anything too severe in terms of tragedy so you know like I know my voice is <laughs> probably coming from a very specific place but yes of course I mean of course we can only speak to our own experience and try to be aware and yet I also I mean you bring up an interesting point just that word detached yeah and as a person who's very interested in connection and human connection and how everything is interconnected and yet you know chaos to me is I think why there's growing pains for me is it's embracing the space mm-hmm. that chaos embodies there's so much space yeah in the chaos and for me personally that's looked like you know a lot of quiet time a lot of alone time a lot of you know and just I have these really um, these places where I'm making connections with myself, with others, they're so far and few between. <laughs> and it's, 
And I think that's what's hard for a lot of people in chaos. And I used to teach yoga and by far the hardest pose for people is Shavasana, corpse pose. Mm. To See, be and that's where I thrive. <laughs> to be in the stillness. I love that one. Nothing's I happening. Be in that the whole time. <laughs> right? So in a way, I want to kind of, again, remind, like, to kind of, you know, open up the definition of chaos that it's mm. not necessarily about so much happening all the no. time. It's, it's this place where <clears> almost spacious. nothing is happening, and that creates this anxiety in us of, like, uh, if I'm not doing anything or if nothing's happening on this or this feels like it's at a standstill mm-hmm. that we're panicked absolutely panicked and I think you know it's, I love that segue into stillness and calmness and but again there's like I think a paradox there because it's where there's huge boundaries so much is allowed in but there's so much space still and I think it just depends on circumstance in the person of you can either sit in the stillness of it in the spaciousness of it and um, kind of feel this cosmic organization or you can still try to be engaged and connected and not detach and you get thrown around and ping-ponged by all of those things and boundaries like and that's been the most magical thing for me in my astrological journey is understanding what that space looks like because that's where I live Mm. and I used to get whiplashed by it right and now I can (laughs) sit in it and I understand what my spaciness is about (laughs) what my (laughs) what my detachment is about and I'm able to embrace that instead of feeling like something's wrong with me or why am I getting whiplashed and like Mm. my life is so chaotic now I'm like it's not chaotic because I know how to sit in the chaos with calmness. And right. Yeah. Right. That's, um, but yeah, I think it totally can go both ways for people. Yeah. Well, and this, I mean, this idea of containment and, and then yet also, you know, the unrestrained boundaries and that paradox that's living within chaos. And I'm thinking back to the card I drew, with the turtle and that idea of, you know, of the importance of containment and having those boundaries and knowing oneself. And I think, you know, for me, as I sit in the chaos and as you have done and sitting in that spaciousness, the the language I use around that has to do with the resonance. Mm -hmm. And I'm more and more understanding, like, that as, you know, I can only resonate as I resonate. You know, I, I, you know, I see it as I have a note or a song that I am resonating Mm. and to resonate to really resonate you need space like you think Mm. of a room with really good acoustics like it's the right space for you to resonate and then those those other songs and those other notes that will harmonize with you will find you Mm, I love that and so it's it's that just as I'm sitting in the chaos and, (laughs) and, and trying not to panic it's, I keep coming back to this, like, how am I resonating? Mm-hmm. And that I know what my song is. Yeah. My song is the container. Mm-hmm. And yet my song lives within this expanse of space Yeah. where it can breathe. And if you think of, you know, for any of you who play a stringed instrument, you know, and, and as you pull a bow across one of those strings, 
And just like that spiraling resonance. I mean, I used, I used to take violin lessons and all I wanted to do was play one note over and over as long as I could and just draw that bow over the note and just feel the resonance. And I, I would get stuck just in my scales and not able to move on to the rest of my practicing because I was so fascinated by this resonance. And so I think I, that's, that's the metaphor I use in my head of like, what string, what note, what song am I resonating? And what are those other notes that are gonna come in and catch it? So it's, it's for me, for the first time in my life, really practicing resonance and not attachment, not yeah. grasping, not planning, not um, structuring, like just resonating. And I feel like that's my personal approach to chaos and in the world too because I am super overwhelmed with all the injustices and the destruction happening like that breaks my heart and like I'm sure it does everybody else but it's just like okay my job now is to resonate to bring in you know those things that will harmonize with the world I want to see yeah and I love that, yeah, bringing up the resonance, um, for me with that, um, I have certain songs that I'll put on when I can feel myself getting, starting to get ping-ponged and not being able to sit in that spaciousness, like, specifically for me, and Anne introduced me to this person, um, Gregory, oh, Gregory Allen Isaacov, his music has this spaciousness, this, like, direct connection to like cosmic energy to me and if I'm feeling like wound up and a little bit whiplashed by things or like anxious you know like really anxious and just off I will put that on and that immediately gets me back into that um being able to sit in my boundaries which are big and chaotic um so I'm just saying you know if you're feeling chaos (laughs) and you're getting whiplashed by it Try a little Gregory Allen Isaac. This is fun. I'm glad I'm gonna add my music. This was a, this is when I recognized that I had been buying into a lifestyle that is fast paced, lots of achievements, lots of uh, checked off boxes. Um, and which it was music, which reminded me, like, who am I at my essence? Like my my go to when I'm feeling the anxiety and the panic and like I'm being ping-ponged is um, a piece by the Estonian composer Arvo Pert and it's called Furalina and it's the whole song only has three notes Mm -hmm. and there is so much and the way he harmonizes them together and then lets them spread out there is so much space in this song (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna have to listen to that. Um, so we'll put these on the website, but like, oh yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll make a little playlist. But it, I know for a lot of people, would be painfully boring to listen to this song, just but, like it's painfully boring for them to sit in corpse pose. But if you want to know what it feels like to sit in a calm place in chaos, like I mm-hmm. think those like mm-hmm. really spacious music can yeah, help you feel that, like something the, soothing about that. So yeah. I, I, I took that as a learning lesson to be like, this life I've been living Mm. that's been so, 
you know, I don't know, just achievement driven and trying to be so efficient and is not who I am and nor is it healthy. (laughs) So it was this song that was like, just helped me reclaim the, or at least to begin again, a practice of spaciousness. And it is a practice. And I feel like I've been practicing busyness and solutions and, you know, like what's the solution? What's the solution? Yeah. And so it's now reinstating a practice of chaos. Yeah. Practice chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is a feminine system. And just like the patriarchy is brittle and over solidified now, I think you can get into any in trouble with any system. Um, it's just that we haven't lived in a chaos system, so I'm sort of excited to practice it a little bit because it's not like it's it is very a place of no flexi- rules and that terrifies us yeah well that too <laughs> that terrifies but it us. is like um you know a system right now that is not it's very young and very fertile in terms of introducing it as a system like even in sciences it's not that old of a theory um right so it's still you know like it's a very fresh, fertile system to sit in right now, actually. And I, I equate it with the feminine, like a more feminine system, because I equate feminine systems as being a little bit more open to collaboration and conversation, and that has to allow room for organic growth, and it has to allow room for space and listening and resonance. and Which is all, it comes down to, like, just being present, right? Yeah. And, like... So many things have been paving the way for this moment, you know, like the popularity now of meditation and yoga and things like that that are teaching us to be present. It's almost like they were leading up to this moment mm. oh, yeah. of chaos because the only way to live in chaos is to be present, is to be mindful, is to observe yeah. what is going on and to, to, to lead a contemplative life, to mm-hmm. contemplate to think before you act, you know, for so long, we've just been doing without thinking about the consequences, uh, because for, you know, some, we got this idea of linear time and in our minds and we're all feeling the pressure to, to achieve this, that, and the other before, you know, this false ending happens when there, it isn't an ending at all. Anyway, but it's just, I feel like this system of chaos, which is feminine, and I do believe any feminine system at its heart is a system of presence yeah. and paying attention. And we're so now practiced with um, wanting someone else to give us the answer or the solution. You know, yeah. We can dial up on our phones any answer we want rather than you know, sitting with a person or sitting with a tree. You, know, like yeah. you, you can know how a tree works by sitting with it long enough, mm-hmm. but we don't have the patience to do that. Yeah. You can get to know a person um, by sitting with them long enough for a lifetime. And and the joy of discovering them over and over again every day is unfamiliar to us. And, you know, we, we expect the people in our lives to... Um, to be a solution to all these things, and they're not, you know? Yeah. And, and so I think... Anyway, I just think it's... What it comes down to is just that being present and we're not practiced we're babies at it we're babies at it yeah and I'm loving it I mean I do like I 
I feel like every month I have this new moment of awakening in like what the feminine is and it's just like it feels so good and I'm connected so much more to embodiment and I didn't realize how much I actually was and just didn't know it and Mm -hmm. now I understand a lot better about how I learn and how I function and how I relate and it's like easing certain pains I've held forever because it's just not the way it's been done at least in where I grew up and how I grew up um right but like back to you know I love waking up and feeling and recognizing and embracing more and more the feminine feminine systems but there's always this I think balance that Anne and I explore where you know going back to my card of the bones you know you still need structure mm-hmm. but you have to listen to the organic systems in the body too like you sort of need both masculine and, and feminine so it's not Exploring the feminine to me isn't about it taking over. It's about it getting its equal place. Like right. we're so practiced in the masculine. Like oh, I yeah. have no no worry that that's going to disappear. <laughs> it won't go anywhere. <laughs> Nobody can that we're trying to get rid of the masculine. Um, no, that and it is the balance. And I think to me, like more and more, my understanding of the masculine is this. It's almost a directional. Yeah. You know, like it sets me in a direction. Yeah. And it's like the framework. But yeah, how, I mean, but how I get there, allow, yeah. yeah, how I get there, and who comes in, and when they leave, it's it's that is so organic, and so it's like, yeah, there's a frame, there's a direction. I yeah, directional is how I think of it. It's like, okay, I'm moving in this direction, <laughs> and also having some flexibility with like, I am getting some kind of inspiration that I think I know what the destination is, and now adopting this that it. What that what that destination is doing for me is it's giving me a direction. And if along the way, what happens is I bump into somebody because I'm on that path, but then that somebody could then say, illuminate something for me that I can say, like how often have we, we talk about it as kind of reinventing ourselves. Yeah. You know, and I see it as that, like this, no, you know, I think these ideas of, um, you know, hitting the one destination. I think for the most part, people have let go of that. But I'm looking at Allie like I live in a bubble, so maybe not. Uh, but this, you know, the, the more we kind of let go of the one destination, um, but allowing many destinations. It's like those books, the choose your own mystery or something. Yeah, yeah. There's like a framework, <laughs> but there's a lot of different ways you can right. go and that it could turn out. Right. And, um, and I think too, what that does is it, to me, it embodies mercy mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I think for so long I've compared my journey to others' journey. And it's like we all and it want is this, say the same things. Yeah, we do. this expectation of what is productivity and that's shifting. And success. And success. And it's shifting. And I love that because yeah. I am naturally very weighted in the feminine. And so it's just like beautiful now to start understanding what that means instead of always feeling, uh, I don't know, incompetent or like exactly. something's missing. You know, and I'm right. like, oh no, I just like am very weighted in this other thing that I'm just starting to understand so right late bloomer here (laughs) 
man, some <laughs> might look at you and say early bloomer. You know, some yeah, people aren't figuring yeah. this out ever. <laughs> and but I do think there is some grace and mercy to this, to just totally. realizing that not everyone's going to go about life in the same way, nor do they have to. And I think it also releases us from the burden of judgment. Yeah. You know, so in so many ways, this is such a freeing and healing way of approaching life when you can just let go of the, you know, those the very detailed, minute steps that we thought we had to take. Mm-hmm. And to also just realize that in the chaos that most of what is going to happen has nothing to do with anything you can effort. Like there's, yeah. <laughs> you know, to just kind of that back to your word exhaustion, I thought of immediately just with exhaustion comes a surrender. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think that that's also really merciful of just And this. that's like, to be honest, the only way people surrender things is because they're exhausted. Yeah, our human nature, we wouldn't do it unless we were forced to. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like this chaos is, is really forcing on us. A surrendering and then that's what opens you up us. to the thin place that's what opens you up to like yeah grace and like yeah <laughs> I think in my moments of like yeah. rage I've been like okay show me show me then <laughs> <laughs> if this isn't working anymore yeah, hands in the air just like alright then show me what the better idea is yeah. you know like if this isn't working I'm ready <laughs> to receive you know and it's like but then also like there it's um it's that trust totally because you're not going to get an immediate answer and it's just that being open and I feel like my practice in the chaos too is to be open of alright this is what my heart wants it makes no sense mm-hmm. I'm going to lean into it and I'm going to resonate this song yeah. as loud as I can resonate it and I'm going to hold it Yeah. and even as painful as that space and unknowing can be I'm holding I'm holding <laughs> you know and yeah. just trusting that those things that I because I, I do think that you know because in a way it's like this idea of manifesting I do believe in it I yeah. think I think I'm still like <laughs> I'm I'm learning to trust it and so it's that like the directional or the destination like you there's things you want there's things you want to cultivate in your life and how do you let the chaos play a role in that and I think you manifest when you allow that feminine system that embodiment to take over Mm -hmm. instead of your mind like Mm -hmm. I want this and this and this if your soul doesn't want it if your embodiment doesn't want it you're not going to manifest it but we don't listen to that we just listen to our mind I thought I wanted a high powered corporate (laughs) that is not happening See, and I love this. So Iona, to me, um, beyond the podcast, definitely we're starting with the podcast, but it's like embraces what I feel like I can be productive. Like, what is my productivity? Because when I try and organize things, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. And so when I try to be productive, I'm not productive. But this Iona thing, this just delving into allowing things to be emergent and fluid with certain frameworks to me feels like my work and we have other things you know we'll potentially roll out later where we can bring other people into that with experiences but holding space 
just to let things emerge feels so like my work. <laughs> the only way I'm ever going to be productive. Yeah, that is so <laughs> funny because you, know, you, hear, you hear people talk about like, you know, they often, especially women, distrust their talents and skills because it's easy. Mm-hmm. And so we've been taught that myth of like, well, if it's easy, it's yeah. not work. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'll agree with you. Like, this feels like my work, but it's so easy. And I know. <laughs> and, um, and random and abstract. This is what I personally love about this Iona project is it is allowing me to go into my abstract, random, big, wild way of thinking and seeing the world without restraint. And I've never allowed myself to yeah, do that. Me either. So, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to our wild, abstract, big, chaotic (laughs) brains and hearts. And we will potentially open some doors to be a part of it and some experiences of experiencing chaos. Yeah. (laughs) Or just space. Yeah. Anyway. Anything else you want to add? No. I think that we'll stop the chaos. (laughs) We'll stop the chaos. (laughs) And if you have any thoughts or you want to um, contact us, all the information's on the website, iona.co. So iona, I-O-N-A-A dot C-O. And you can follow us on Instagram at iona.co. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning into our first episode of the Iona podcast. Um, on the Anchor platform, um, you may be listening to this on Spotify or Apple or somewhere else, but on the Anchor platform, there is a button where you can uh, send a voice message. And we'd love to hear from you guys if there's anything you want to add to this conversation we had or thoughts for our next episode, which we're going to try and do about once a month. Um, if it sort of aligns with what's happening with us and where we go with the next one, we'll address those. So call in, let us know.